1: Happy Thursday! I hope you are thirsty for some pro-wrestling punditry because we are going to slam it into your ear holes today. I am your managing editor of Wrestling, Nick Vickhounsman, back to host the latest episode of The Weekly. And I am joined here today, as I am just about every Thursday, by my good friend, our good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkley.
2: Good to be back. Let's uh, wrap this 2019 up.
1: Yeah, well, we have... So next week... We are going to do the best of Winkly 2019, where we're going to play my 12 favorite interviews of 2019. But we have one last Winkly to go in 2019. I'm going to, you're not going to be here. You're going to help me kick off uh, the new year. But uh, Michael Weisman and I will do the December whatever 30th, 30th, 31st, whatever the last one is before the, uh, the new year. So there's one to go. One new original one to go.
2: Well, it's my last one. This is this is my bow uh, yeah. for 2019. This is my goodbye.
1: Yes. Uh, well, uh, we are going to have a great time here, Justin. We got a lot of news to talk to. There was a big moment last night on NXT, which we'll get to here in just a second. But I want to start the show by sending out our congratulations to WWE superstar Sunil Singh and his wife Ramona on the birth of their first child. Good news to start off today. Uh, WWE's website noted that the boy was weighing in at 6.1 pounds. That seems big for a baby. That's a big baby. Yeah
2: it yeah, it's it's a little, like, big it's like usually like eight pounds or heavier. I mean, oh. it's, a, it's a good weight. It's a healthy weight.
1: That's I've, good. I've no, I've no, I don't know anything about children. Uh, mother and child are doing great. Uh, Singh noted on Instagram that the baby boy was born back on Friday, December 13th. Oh, I just realized that. That's a spooky birthday. Yes, it is. Friday the 13th. Uh, so anyway, congratulations to Sunil uh, on the birth of your first child. And uh, we have... Uh, some big interviews we're going to have here on the show today. Right after we finish talking about the news, uh, right after that we are going to hear from our own Andy Malnaski. He's got two interviews, and they are with none other than Brian Blair and Jim Brusell. None other than the Killer Bees are going to be here on the show today. I'm very excited to bring you guys uh, both these interviews. I really enjoyed them, and I want to thank Andy for going out and getting them. The Killer Bees here, your final show of 2019. Did I swerve you had a little different right here today? Change of pace.
2: I like it. I, I'm, I'm all for it. I like, I like swerves, bro.
1: Good. Yeah. Non-topical. Legends here today on the show. Uh, all right. Let's get to it. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Uh, last night, WWE NXT, Rhea Ripley capped the show by capturing the NXT Women's Championship from Shayna Baszler. Also on the show last night, NXT announced the return of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic in 2020. We're going to get more info on that on January 1st. And Adam Cole retained the NXT Championship over Finn Balor. Uh, post-match Balor got attacked by Gargano. Uh, we'll talk about AEW here in just a second. Let's just talk about NXT. A lot of things they did right last night on the show, I thought. And, man, right woman, right time, right opportunity, lightning in a bottle. This was a good call putting the title on Rhea Ripley here to close the show.
2: I completely agree. Uh, right woman, right time. You know, You know, was this the plan? from october was this you know it doesn't matter the point is you you, they they you know too often we've seen uh all through time but especially in the recent years you know i'm i'm a big braun Strowman fan i think that there was a time where they needed to pull the trigger and have braun Strowman definitively be the one to beat brock lesnar and take the title and that didn't happen and there's a lot of other cases rhea ripley was feeling it the crowd is feeling it everything was just there you know shane has had the run she's had so there's just so much credibility and it. it's a big deal to knock her off and uh, yeah right time right place getting to be the you know what caps off the year you know a main event and what was a big week of AEW versus nxt and you know they, they both were advertising stuff for those particular shows last night from weeks on out um yeah just a- absolutely well done
1: i here's the thing is, so watching the show side by side or not side by side but back to back here uh i thought that nxt did a better job capitalizing on what they advertise it just everything seemed to mean something on NXT last night even Cameron Grimes went over Kushida Uh, I love his finisher and I was totally caught off guard by that I just thought NXT did a lot of things not to say that AEW did a lot of things wrong last night but it just AEW the the talent right now feels like we're familiar with it we got a lot of tag team action I don't really know that much was uh, evolved or pushed forward into the into the next week's show I just thought NXT did a very good show last night, and I thought it was noticeable when watching the show side by side. Was that just me, or did you feel the same way?
2: Well, minutes off of watching them both side by side as best I could, last night on the post-show, I said to Glenn that I felt my, my initial reaction was AEW had a more enjoyable opening hour to me, top to bottom, but I felt that NXT did better uh cap i think you know they had a better main event they ended better um you know when you look at it as what what was accomplished and in the, in the, in the measurement you're talking about I, I i do agree i think nxt accomplished more off of what was advertised i think aew's been biggest um you know biggest victory you know obviously there's a number one contender crown of the women which we'll talk about but you know i think the biggest thing aew really did was you know they it was was furthering a great baby face uh coming up in and jungle boy with how uh, how his match with Jericho went, which is obviously was advertised for a few weeks out. So I thought that was successful. But, yeah, yeah I think what they did with with Cole and Balor and, and Gargano coming back and, um, you know, yeah, obviously Rhea Ripley and just, yeah, as a whole, I thought that NXT did accomplish more things uh, going into the new year.
1: Heart, you know, and that's the thing is, like, you watched how both of these shows went off the air last night, and these would be the last shows, the last images you get until 2020 because next weeks are going to be pre-taped episodes, whatever they're going to do for Christmas next week, uh, and then on to the first of of the year. Man, Rhea Ripley capturing NXT Women's Championship, that is your final shot on one show. On the other show, it's the Dark Order, uh, beating down the young bucks and shoving their hands into uh, Matt Jackson's mouth. Uh, It was very jarring to me how how disparate both those shows were. I know that Meltzer, I guess, went off on uh, how much he didn't like the end of uh, the show last night. I've seen Ryan saying that about AEW as well. How you know they need to be really getting over the young bucks and Kenny Omega and these characters to a bigger audience right now, and they're already being used to to kind of overly put over more characters. I, I get the argument. Uh, I I mean I don't really hate. I didn't hate. I didn't hate it. Like I guess everybody else did at the end of it, but it was very jarring to me that they created this big moment on NXT to kind of close the year, and over on AEW there was just this kind of I don't know. Just kind of felt like a, a, a it, it didn't grab me. I didn't hate
2: it, though. Meh. Is how well, I, I think AEW, I, think AEW I, I know what you're saying. I think AEW maybe thought that this would be a bigger deal. You know, the Dark Order had been off of, you know, being live in front of the crowds on TV for some weeks, doing what I think a lot of us have been praising and, and saying, wow, these, are these, these produced vignettes are very interesting. They're captivating. Um, so I think maybe AEW was hoping that, OK, this is going to be a, a bigger bang than it was to end, have the Dark Order back out now, maybe with some more momentum, maybe with some more interest. Uh, you know, a large number in the entourage of creepers, uh, but it didn't come off that way. I kind of, I kind of likened it to, you know, you, you see, you see a final product of a movie, action, sci-fi, or whatever, and you, and you see the final product and it looks great. You know, you got the film score, you got all the sound effects, you got green screen, whatever special effects, explosions, and then you watch uh, the behind the scene clip and there's no score, sound, and it's, the dialogue sounds funny and it's it's all in front of a green screen. It just and that's kind of what the Dark Order felt like. I felt like as I saw them and they didn't have all the pre-produced. Uh, stuff in the vignette and it's just this guy evil Uno, looks like a used car salesman in a suit with a mask on um and he's got all these you know power ranger putties floating around and and i don't know it just it didn't connect you know it's like and that's that's and you run the risk when you run into these supernatural spooky kind of things and and pro wrestling you know there was a big risk for months of bray Wyatt with the firefly funhouse and then we started seeing the glimpses of the fiend it's like holy hell this thing looks creepy as as could be. And there was the wonder of, okay, what's it going to do when he has to be in front of a live audience. And to WWE's credit, they translate, they, they, they transition so smoothly. I mean, and, and the, 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 appearance of the fiend and all the, the, the smoke and mirrors is tremendous. Um, the dark order just didn't, they didn't have that big bang that I think AEW was hoping for.
1: I would have flipped that with the Jericho jungle boy segment. I think that that would have maybe felt yes. better in the yes. middle of the show. And then you go out, you in the year, make a jungle boy, look like a star Jericho running, with his tail between his legs and teasing, when we're back on January first, John Moxley, you know, we're gonna make you the offer of a lifetime here for the inner circle. So I I I, I agree.
2: Right. I agree. Yeah.
1: I was I was just even when Jericho was coming out to do the segment, or when, when Jungle Boy and Jericho were coming out, I was like, Why is this in the middle of the show? If it, it felt like the biggest thing on the show. So maybe they felt there I was I agree. Some- they, but then again, it would have been like three tag team matches in a row to start the show if they'd have moved that around, so maybe that was the logic I don't know
2: and, and and i and I don't know this for sure. I might be making a stretch here, but you're right. that would have made three tag team matches up front, and maybe maybe they wanted the women to be in the first half, but Britt very vocally was sharing how she was having tremendous travel problems and did not get to. Ah, uh, Texas until f- many hours later than she was supposed to. So and, and so maybe they said, "Hey, let's let's put let's let's move the ladies to the second half to give them a little bit more time." Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I'm completely yeah. just speculating. But yeah, yeah. As you start to order the show around and logic of why would you put tag teams? Where would you put the women here? Uh, who knows what the original lineup might have been?
1: Yeah. Well, Britt Baker, you brought her up. Uh, yeah, the Observer. Uh, reporting that her opponent last night on AEW, Chris Statlander, was very close to signing with the WWE. The figures were there for her to sign, but AEW <clears throat> ended up offering her a better deal and immediate TV time. So she did defeat Britt last night on Dynamite, became the number one contender. She turned down an invitation from the night, uh, Nightmare Collective, and now she is set to face uh, Rao, uh for the AEW women's title on January 1st from Daily's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. So, I mean, you know, they've done right by her. You know, at least, again, like, I thought it was interesting that the two biggest stories coming out of the respective shows this week were about the women, right? Rhea Ripley over on NXT. This week, I thought Chris Statlander, Britt Baker. I think that was something that people were buzzing about. Uh, At least the biggest stories coming out of the shows for me.
2: Yeah, I like Chris Statlander. I think, uh, yeah, I don't know if she's going to be the next champion. I don't know if her... uh... Now that she's the number one contender, I don't know if she's successfully going to win it. But I think this is good. I think you know, prior to this, um, obviously Britt was one of the was you know her, her and Brandy were the first two you know touted females that the, that this company was going to have. Um, you know, you have Kong who has credibility, but she's not there every week. And we're starting to now see the storyline with her and Brandy, which is interesting. Um, but you know that that's we've talked about. It. There's the, the lack of depth and credibility as a whole, uh, especially to American fans. You know, there's there's quite a few Japanese female performers, but that's not to say that, they, that they're, you know, very, that that the American audience is, is uh, familiar with them. So this is kind of good. You had Britt, Brit, you know, still young, still, you know, that's a lot of pressure put just on her. Hey, you're going to carry this women's division. So I think by being able to sign a Chris Statlander, um, who's young, but has her own set of experience uh, and, and, and set her up as a baby face as well, it helps, you know, try to slowly expand and grow your depth. So, um, yeah, good, good, good by them.
1: When I was watching Brandy do the promo, for uh, the Nightmare Collective, it was just kind of dawning on me how it's very Mad maxi in AEW. Now, not that I hate all the stables, but there's a lot of stables, and it's a lot of like cultish stables. I feel like mm-hmm. in AEW, Inner Circle, Nightmare oh, yeah. Collective, Dark Order. I don't know why that is. A lot of cults. Um, AEW President and CEO Tony Khan he delivered a Stone Cold Stunner to Sean Spears at the end of AEW's TV tapings last night in Corpus Christi. Uh, It was also the 55th birthday of WWE Hall of Famer Stone Cold Steve Austin. AEW taped another episode of Dark after Wednesday's Dynamite went off the air. Uh, One of the matches saw Joey Janela dressed as Santa Claus wrestling Spears in singles action. Uh, The uh, the AEW Dark tapings, by the way, featured Colt Cabana as the guest commentator, which we can get to here in just a second. But after Spears and Santa Janela match, there was a post-show in-ring segment that saw a lot of people hit stunners on Spears while they drank White Claws including Tony Khan, uh, referee Aubrey Edwards, Nick Jackson, Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, and Dustin, of course, uh, he was the one to help Tony up after delivering his stunner. This did a surprisingly huge amount of traffic on the site. People very into, for whatever reason, Tony Khan delivering Stone Cold stunners at the end of the show. And I don't think that this is going to be a dark. I think this will be something, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it would be, but I think that this is something fun they did for the live crowd. They do this quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I think just for the live crowd, I think uh, I think they'll take pretty seriously. I think you know eventually we will, but whenever we see Tony Khan, you know I, I know we heard him kind of like wrestling with shadow style with Matt with Moxley and the recorded audio making an unsanctioned match, you know, whatever the, back in the fall. But um, yeah, I think they'll really they'll really reserve the right time to use him and play out that old authority figure ownership kind of thing. Um,
1: you think they go yeah, there? That's no, fine. You think they will go there though at some point and bring him in?
2: I mean, I don't know if it'll be like a austin mcmahon thing i don't know if they'll necessarily be like i I don't know if we're gonna see him like you know training to have like a string of matches but i think inevitably there will be something that will they'll deem okay this is the time to pull that creative string of even if it's something like something serious goes on and, and tony's you know coming out from gorilla to check on somebody just just to help sell like you know the gravity of whatever creative situation they deem they needed
1: well um, and uh, Colt Cabana on guest commentary here for AEW Dark. I thought was interesting, but not unexpected. I, you know, when I saw he was leaving um, uh, ROH and it, uh, he lost at uh, NWA's Into the Fire. You know, all these guys owe Colt uh, such a debt. You know, for the work he did with pro wrestling tees and really helped a lot of them reinvent their careers. I, I don't think there would be an AEW without the work that Colt Cabana did. Um, I think that this is a natural home for him. Um, maybe testing the waters here on commentary, but he can go. He's been great in New Japan as of late as well. Um, I, I see him with AEW. I see him there.
2: Yeah, I could see him kind of in a similar way that, like, you know, a Billy Gunn or a Q.T. Marshall is. You know, he can he can wear several hats. He can work backstage. You can throw him out on commentary and, and on you know on a secondary show like Dark, or if they ever expand another weekly show, you know, he can obviously wrestle at certain times, you know, being a battle royal he's, you know, obviously incredibly entertaining in those situations. Um I, I guess a question for you, uh, you know, you being especially in Chicago, does it kind of seems like, you know, again the common you know, does does Colt Cabana work with AEW? Does that is that AEW like in some way saying, okay, yeah, we're officially out of any CM Punk running and like this is almost, like them acknowledging such. I I mean I, I, I could ima- I could I couldn't imagine them I don't know, maybe I'm t- speaking way out of turn here. I, would they bring Colt in if they were like in heavy pursuit and heavy negotiations realistically with CM Punk.
1: Well, I, I will say this. When I saw that Punk was back with WWE and I saw Colt was finishing up with Ring of Honor, I thought to myself, they, if they, WWE, and we get to the comments here in just a second here about Punk that, that Steph had, if WWE does is keeping the door open here to, to wanting to do work with Punk, that he is not going to want Cabana around. Right. Um, and so I thought that I, I immediately kind of crossed WWE off my list. I don't see him in NXT. I don't see CM see Punk wanting to do punditry about Colt Cabana. So I think that that does leave the door open even more so for him over in AEW. And I don't know that it is so much as, I, I mean, like the Punk stuff's done. He's back with WWE in like some form here. I do not see him at AEW right now. And, uh, I would, I would, I would just say that made their decision to bring Colt in a lot easier. I, I, that's really all that means to me. Yeah. yeah, that's
2: kind of what I was getting at. You
1: know, yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely think that. Yeah, if they were maybe doing something with Punk, then maybe Colt wouldn't be there. But I think that the, the ship has sailed here. Punk has made his choice. I think it does seem pretty obvious he's angling for something. I don't know what that is. Maybe he doesn't know what it is quite yet with WWE again. But um, yeah, since he kind of picked his side, I think that the other side. <laughs> you get cabana. It sounds like a divorce. <laughs> that really does. It really, it really does. You get WWE and Vince's money. I'm going to go over here and get a W in the street cred. Great. You know, we'll split the dog on
2: weekends, but you know, what? but you know what, but you know, a is such a creative person, you know, who knows? The, the, I mean, obviously he went around it when he was just doing a Scotty Goldman, you know, low level talent thing, you know, 10, 12 years ago. Um, yeah. 12 years ago. Um, you know, his creativity would be so handcuffed in, in so many ways in the WWE model. So, I mean, good for him that he's yeah. going to, if, if if he is going to end up signing in some capacity with AEW or maybe he already has good for him. I
1: think it's interesting that right now you've got guys like Cabana, Marty Skrull. We talked about this week about how he's kind of, you know, Cody said, Marty's just kind of feeling out what he's doing right now. You shouldn't take any move he makes right now. It's permanent for the next few months. You got a guy out there like Luke Harper, the start of 2020 is going to be very interesting because this is going to be kind of the first wave of, of of available talent. How do those negotiations go and and what are the stories coming out of that? Are people happy with how these conversations are going right now? That they've heard so much about what it's like to be a free agent in this vibrant pro wrestling time. Are the stories true? I yeah. think this is going to be the first real test of it, you know.
2: Yeah, uh, very good point.
1: And on that note, we have another big free agent in the room right now. Impact Wrestling has announced they have officially released Killer Cross. The two sides have been at odds for months, obviously. Cross being very outspoken. Uh, Impact Wrestling really kind of staying silent on the issue. But Cross finally released here from uh, Impact Wrestling. Uh, they shared a video on social media. Call, or no, Cross shared a video on social media called Chapter Zero. It featured clips from WWE, AEW, MLW, New Japan, a bunch of other feds teasing he could go anywhere. Um, and then, yeah, they posted about this on their website. This, this is official here from Impact Wrestling. Uh, you know, again where does he go? What does he want? His girlfriend, Scarlet, she's in WWE, but, you know, he's had those awesome matches with Moxley. I could see AEW. I could see him wanting to, to try his hand at New Japan since he, uh, you know, is more of a grappler. I've seen him at Bloodsport. He did great in that environment. So I, I don't know. Just another big name available right now.
2: I'll tell you what it makes uh having all this stuff happen where we're getting, you know, it feels like we're heavier on free agent news uh, than we've ever been because there's, you know, because, because of some, you know, because this, you know, there's more companies now, you know, with NWA and AEW and all this stuff going on, uh, it makes for things like the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Very interesting. You know, when you start coming around and start wondering who could pop up where.
1: True. Yeah. Well, they said that the, the, the report said the Observer said or something like that uh, yesterday, we were talking about, or maybe it was on Tuesday, uh, how the Rumble is going to be 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, raw, 10, SmackDown, 10 NXT. And I hadn't really thought about it, but that kind of limits the surprise entrance, doesn't it? If, I mean, like if you're picking ten, or maybe they each get nine. Well,
2: it, but well, it, it it's all a matter of whether or not WWE like actively in the promotion says like like if they if they make it like um if they make it like Money in the Bank, which it's like okay, you're you're having a qualifying match on Raw to qualify to be in the Rumble, uh, and if they account for oh, here's all ten guys, um, then yeah, that takes the suspense away um I, I you know that so that yeah, that happens i mean if they're kind of vague where they, they show a graphic of appears in the royal rumble but when you, when you count the heads on the graphic it only adds up to 23 people and you're like all right well there's still seven potential you know surprise and that's okay it's all going to be a matter how they do it you know if they make it out as a, a qualification process that's going to yeah that will that will decrease some of the, the speculation i mean there's also they always there's always the possibility i know they Talked about doing it again after doing it for the first time in 2011. If they ever expanded, if they expanded the rumble back to 40, um, 10, 10 to 10, I got 10, I got 10 open spots. No,
1: I really hope they do not do that. I would do nine, 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 three opens. That's fine. But where do you see cross? What do you think uh, he does next year?
2: I really don't know. I don't know a lot about him. I've never talked to him. I've never interviewed him. I know you have. Uh, I don't know where he fits. Um, I, I,
1: I, my gut says. Yeah, I, I
2: don't know. I got nothing. I got nothing for you. My
1: gut says AEW. Uh, my gut says. I think he just really enjoyed working with Mox. I think they would get him. I think that he would be a player there. It's not uncommon now for there's, there to be these kind of split relationships between the two brands. I mean, I could see him at NXT with Scarlett as well. They're, they're quite a duo together. Uh, the Killer Smoke Show. But in my gut, I, I think I think he's gonna want to I think he's gonna want to land in AEW. I just that's just what I my my gut says. So I don't know. He's a businessman; it could be very different. Um,
2: I feel like double or I feel like WWE would try to turn him and Scarlet into like. All right, let's let's do the next trial of Mike and Maria. Oh God, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, and and you know the thing is I've, I'm also I'm happy for Impact in this situation because I feel like Impact has had uh, a good string of shows. They've had some. Fairly positive press. Uh, a lot of the talent seems very happy right now. This was kind of the only lingering issue the company had over its head right to right now of negativity. I think that Impact is really walking in here to 2020 uh, with a pretty clean slate. I, I'm interested to see what they do in the next 12 months.
2: They just need better. Uh, they just need they just need higher profile distribution.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean they're they're happy with their network right now, and I you know they're. I mean, yeah, it, it's
2: basically. Well, thing. sure. I mean, they could be happy with what they have, and they're going to be appreciative publicly, and which that's all fine. But let's just let's just call the duck a duck. I mean, you know, I mean, you got, you know, you know, WWE's on USA and Fox. You got AEW's on TNT, and, and, the, and the Turner properties. You know, even Ring of Honor's got great syndication and, and, and a higher visibility, at least that I can see with the syndication they have. I mean, it, you know.
1: Look, I like I like access TV. I've talked about it. I can watch a Rush concert and then some pro wrestling. It's great, so I don't have an issue with the platform. I love Access TV.
2: Well, like I don't like I don't get access. Like That's my oh, point.
1: Okay, all right. Well, mm,
2: all right. And I have a major. I mean, I, and I I shell out hundreds of dollars for. I'm still one of those idiots that has, you know, I have not cut the cord. I have all the damn streaming services, and I still have that. You know, so I still you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars for, you know. But like I I can't see. Like I have to go. Like what? you know, I have to go through. I have to go through trouble to see it. But, you know, that's my point.
1: I have like cable. I have DirecTV. I'm not paying hundreds of dollars for it, but I have it, and I get access TV. It's I didn't think it was. Yeah, a- that's
2: what I'm saying. You ha- you happen to have it on your provider, but my and I have one of the I have a major Comcast provider here, and I don't have it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: Um, well, uh, let's talk about. You get FS1. You get FS1. Yes. Okay. Well, Show Buzz Daily reporting that Tuesday's episode of WWE Backstage on FS1 at 11 p.m. Eastern drew 95,000 viewers, down from 127 last week. The lowest viewership since the 49,000 viewers they did on the premiere back in November. Corbin was the guest uh, last week. This week had Alexa Bliss, Ember Moon, and William Shatner. Uh, it did not feature CM Punk. It drew a .05 rating in the 18-49 to 49 and was ranked 128 on the Cable Top 150. Uh, I will say, um, again, you know, it's just the, the lead-in here. And, and on the note of numbers being down, because I don't know. Do you have an opinion about this? Do you care about the backstage story? I feel like I'm gonna, about to go on another tangent.
2: I mean, it's just the same as... It, a, it wasn't a real interesting week in WWE storyline, so what's going to make you want to hear people talk about it? Uh, and one, backstage, and two, uh, again, Tuesday night, 11 o'clock. We keep talking about it. Not a great time.
1: Not a great time. Okay. So, but t- for these shows, AEW and NXT last night, do you, uh, what are you expecting tomorrow for viewership? Because I, I'll be honest here. Uh, the impeachment thing last night, they put it right in prime time. It was like getting... cut. I was getting cutaways on different channels for this thing. I don't know how much of that took away... From the attention of what was going on last night between AEW and NXT, it might
2: have helped. Who knows? You flicked every other major channel. You <laughs> flick through the the ABCs, ABCs, CBSs, and, and you're seeing the same.
1: Yeah, you're
2: seeing this feed of of that. It might have helped to say, "Oh, God, I just want to watch something else." I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Hmm. I could see. I could see. I could see both doing. Um, I could see both doing. You know, uh, high seven hundreds, low eight hundreds. Okay. You know, I think I think I don't know who's going to win. I think it's going to be close. I think they're both. I think they're going to come into being. They don't tie. It's going to be within, you know, like fifty thousand of each other.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, Sports Illustrated caught up with Sting. Uh, Sting commented on a possible match with the Undertaker. He said, "If there's a Taker situation at WrestleMania, I would listen to that phone call. I could get in condition. I could pull it off." But he also says, "I think my career is done. I still think about the Taker situation every year, but I don't think it's going to happen." Do you really? I mean, do you want to see this, man? I think that this is. I think this is past. I think the bluster. It's just
2: bluster. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I I, I ask for those who because I do know people that like still clamor for this, like clamor. What? And I I respond I respond with, do you want to see the match or do you just want to see the entrances? Like, because we've never seen them have entrances in the same place. Okay, yes. like, do you want to see the match or do you want to see the cool, spooky, uh, build up and videos that WWE can put together? Like, do you really want to see the bell to bell? Like, you know, Sting's a great guy and he's a certain, and obviously, he's a Hall of Famer and he's you know he's a legend, but like. I haven't seen his performances and, and it's just like, you know, do I, do you want to see him bell to bell against takers that really, you know, but I don't rule it out as something that we couldn't possibly see in Saudi Arabia. Cause they're going to constantly keep looking for, you know, marquee first time ever matches like they did with Goldberg taker. And yeah. obviously the money is so, so grand. So, I mean, I, I don't put it off as long as both guys are associated with the company, as long as both guys, you know, still can, can, can condition to a, uh, to an extent, I don't put it, you know, I haven't crossed it off if it's ever going to happen, but I yeah, I don't. I think beyond the entrances, what am I trying to get out of that match?
1: You know, and that's the thing is maybe maybe it just needs to be three to five minutes, right? Choke slam, death drop, tombstone, death lock, death drop, death lock. You know, and then to the into the whatever Hell's Gate finish there. Boom, boom, boom. Five moves, you're done. Because <laughs> you know, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, and Sting sitting up in the rafters, and Taker's cutting promos, ah. Eh, I'd probably still get into it, Sure. of course. Why not?
2: The build would be fun. The build, but like you know, but it, it's just like what are you trying to get out of it? Like at least when Sting, you know, when Sting had his first ever match in Mania and N.W. ring, you know, and then doing one against Triple H, at least they did it right. And I mean, I remember being there live. It was one of the most enjoyable live matches to watch. Not because it was like you know tremendous bell to bell work between the two of them, but it's because they 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 had all the extra stuff. You know, the N.W.O. coming out, the D.X. coming out, you know, bringing bring to life the fantasy warfare that'll be talked about twenty years ago. So. Yeah, you know, that's that they, they kind of masked everything. Yeah, I began I beyond the entrances. I don't know how you mask, uh, you know, Sting versus Undertaker again. Yeah, real short, I guess. Make
1: it they make it work. Uh, well, Stephanie McMahon did some media rounds yesterday. She talked to Give Me Sport. Uh She commented on a potential return uh, to the WWE ring for Ronda Rousey. She said Ronda will definitely be back. That is the plan. But as of now, I'm not sure where and when. Does that move the needle for you? Having Ronda back.
2: Mm, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's not going to hurt. It's <laughs> not the needle's not going to go in the opposite direction. I don't but, know. Uh,
1: yeah, I I don't know. Rhonda's an interesting character for me because I I think that the allure of Rhonda Rossi, I don't. She just she never really clicked with me on the microphone. I mean, it's not like business went up. It's not like more viewers tuned in the year she was on television every week. So I don't know. I mean, Rhonda. I, mean, I don't know. I'm just being honest. You know, just a Well, like,
2: that's what I'm saying. It's not going to make the needle go back. It's not going to hurt anything. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Metro.co.uk also uh, chatted with Steph. Uh, she commented on the potential return to the ring for CM Punk and AJ Lee in WWE. She said, I personally enjoy watching both of them perform. I think Punk's been pretty vocal that he's not interested in an in-ring return right now, but for sure that would be interesting. And I would love to see AJ Lee back in the women's division well we talked about this a little bit yesterday it doesn't sound like AJ has much of interest at all but uh this is Steph opening the keeping the door open here not saying no not saying it's not gonna happen
2: it's well yeah it's 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 her saying the right thing you don't uh obviously you don't you absolutely don't go down the path of saying anything that can be interpreted as you, know, you hold any you know well he's a great performer but the way he left just wasn't the way we wish it, you know, like you don't do any of that. You just, yeah, you speak positive. You leave that door open. Cause right now, as far as we know, that door just needs to stay open. You know, he's, he's, he's up on Fox talking about your product. There's a lot of rumors. you know, it needs to be a big bag of money. So she did the right thing.
1: Uh, and uh, Alex Riley, uh, he's going to be returning to action in pro wrestling. Here, he's going to be competing for generation championship wrestling, WrestleMania weekend, a user commented on the Instagram post uh, promoting him in the show saying, I know, you may not agree, but I feel you should go back to pro wrestling for one more run, not WWE or NXT, maybe AEW. To which Riley responded, I agree. Thank you. So uh, another free agent in the room here. Look, Riley's got a good look. Man, his stuff with The Miz, there was a point there where a was really pretty hot. And he did the Glow series. He was a steel horse, I believe, on Glow. He was great in that. You know, I, he's not the biggest name in the room, but I see value for an Alex Riley. I think that he could definitely make some noise at a at an AEW or an Impact. I think Impact, he would probably be a bigger star over there.
2: Yeah, he would. He would be a bigger star there. I yeah, mean, yeah, when he was with the Miz, that was great stuff. And then he broke away from the Miz, crowds behind him. He had some really catchy entrance music that he that he when he broke out as a single star. I mean, the isn't the thing with him isn't isn't like the big thing with him is like he carries some 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 dirt supposedly some big secret on john cena isn't that like what he's always kind of like that has been teased and like <sighs> yes something happened something happened what's the, what happened what what is it what 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 does he know what did he see what did he do who did what that's you know the the, the big who done it around alex riley right
1: all right well everybody i'm sure your fingers are flying right now googling alex riley john cena let's all figure i i don't know i have heard that as well but uh yeah mm. Uh, and lastly here, DDP, he shared a message on social media uh, yesterday announcing that he and his wife, Brenda Nair, are getting a divorce. He writes, after considerable thought, much reflection, and mixed emotions, I am sorry to announce that several months ago, Brenda and I decided to separate, and after, three month, after a three-month separation, we have filed for a divorce. We will both love each other. Uh, we recognize that the, we are two strong-willed people who will be happier if we are apart, but painful, as painful as divorce is. We are thankful that no infidelity or other love interests were involved in our decision. We are parting as friends. I want to thank all of you in advance for your support as we move to the next phase of our lives, and I ask that you respect our privacy and keep us in your thoughts and prayers. So, uh, bummer to hear, um, but DDP back on the prowl, I guess. You know, bang!
2: <laughs> I didn't even know he got remarried, but yeah, back on the prowl. getting the DDP yoga on the prowl.
3: Here we are, 80s Wrestling Con, number two, B. Brian Blair in the house. Of course, one of the legendary members of the Killer Bees here, along with jumping Jim Bronzell. Brian, it's awesome to see you. Haven't seen you since uh, the Wrestling Hall of Fame a couple
4: years ago. That's right, Andy, and you know there's something I like about you, and that's uh, because... I'm just a little bit taller than you, but you know what? I love this guy Andy. Unfortunately, he didn't come for the ride because you see, me and Jump and Jim, we've been from Maine to Spain. We've been deep down in the Ukraine. We've been accused of spreading pollen from New York to Holland. We've fr- we've been north, south, east, and west, from ocean to ocean, to coast to coast. But there's one guy that i really dig the most and it's this guy here because he's just small enough i can choke him and get away with it (laughs) good to see you andy what's buzzing guys and i was going to say orange blossom special orange (laughs) blossom special right now at hazel's honey hut that's right I love it, She's man. She's got the best honey. I'll tell you <laughs> what, I don't mind dishing out some money for Hazel's honey. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Well, Brian, uh, you know, it, it's awesome to see
3: it. Uh, this is an event that, I is my first time here, an amazing time. How, how
4: awesome is it to see your fans? It's awesome. You know, I love the fans. I run the Cauliflower Alley Club. I don't know if you that's a nonprofit yes. for the uh, for the guys that fall yep. on, on, on very hard financial times. Yes, I've been doing it for six years, and uh, president and CEO, and, if you guys get a chance, go to caulifloweralleyclub.org and you be- can become a member for $25 and help out your favorite wrestlers that entertain you that have either from disease or, you know, look at Kamala. Kamala almost lost, he lost his legs, almost lost everything, but we raised $13,000 for him and saved his home. And it's because of people like you that join the Cauliflower Alley Club that we can help these wrestlers. So just go to caulifloweralleyclub.org. For 25 bucks, you can become a member, and you can come to our next reunion, the 55th, April 27th to the yes. 29th in Las yes. Vegas, Nevada. I love it, Brian. I love it. It's Greatest be ex- party on earth.
3: Exciting times for sure. And, you know, you look around, you see your old colleagues, your old friends, and uh, reminisce about times the business. Everybody, everybody here. I've been on a card with everybody here. Mm.
4: And, and what do you remember most about, especially that run with the Killer Bees of the 80s? Oh, it was a great run. Uh, probably my one of my favorite spots was... When they wheeled us out in those modified uh, golf carts and a yes. pair of modified underwear, and you look around and you see almost 100,000 screaming fans, uh, that was a big rush, to WrestleMania 3. Uh, you know, when in the Survivor Series, uh, when in the Jack Tunney tournament, uh, you know, we were promised the belts three times, and um, that's why I wound up leaving. Right. Uh, because Vince would always say the chase, the money's in the hunt, the money's in the hunt. Right, but you right. can only hunt so long before the people stop believing in you. And right. uh, um, so I went and opened up Gold's Gym, became uh, financially successful, basically went from welfare to millionaire. Um, and um, I'm just, I just thank God for every day. And I love meeting people. You know, people. Um, I don't care what political party you are, what color you are. I just love people, and uh, that's my heart. That's my passion, and um, being out here signing autographs, I try to... talk about a memory or a story with each one of the fans right, and right. and uh, try to make uh, make it more than just a signing
3: yeah and certainly the people love you right back when you love something it loves you back you know in a lot of ways how much effort you put into it that's what you've done for this industry and and certainly wrestling con and going forward I mean I, I asked Jim this question
4: tag team wrestling is just not the same today it's so different it's not Andy and it's 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 too much uh, Pinball and not enough psychology. High spot, high spot, high spot. You you got to um, you got to. It's like a movie. If you don't capture their imagination and it's real, it's like um, if you saw Superman and Batman fighting and the punch missed by two feet, you're gonna you're not gonna like that movie so much. You know. So we make sure that at least I did. We do that. We hit people when we hit them, but we hit them in the right places. And uh, we want people to be captivated. We want them to, to be real. We um, use the psychology, you know, that the, the bad guy cannot out-wrestle the good guy, so he's got to resort to heel tricks. Right. And then sometime in the match, in the tag team match, the heels have got to stop the baby faces and work a hold for a minute. And they don't do that. And they miss the whole point. Right. And so, things are different. You know, things are different now. Obviously, the business has changed. But see, I do it. I've done it. I mean, I just had my last match, August, uh, July 27th. Um, and uh, it's on YouTube. I just um, had a back operation the week before. I mean, the week after, on uh, August second, and um, the people went crazy. They love that old school psychology. Every time I use that old school psychology, I don't care where I'm at, the people love it. And and, you know, you
3: talk about some of the history and some of the changes and. A lot of change in wrestling right now. AEW, WWE, some really legitimate competition, which hasn't happened in many years, you know, in terms of a a major network deal, I guess, aside from Impact Wrestling and TNA. Uh, Competition, they always say, brings out the best of each other. But is it hard to dethrone a WWE? It's got to be very difficult to dethrone a big juggernaut like
4: that. WWE is the 800-pound gorilla, and um, they're going to be very hard to dethrone. They're just a household name. Uh, I wish AEW luck, just like ROH and every other uh, NWA, all the uh, different uh, um, promotions that there are. You know, because it gives the boys an extra place to work, right. uh, which is great. And like you said, Andy, competition brings out the best in others. And I've, you've noticed uh, since they're having the ratings wars right mm-hmm. now, yep. AEW, WWE, uh that um, that the they, the product has been upgraded. Right. So, so it's, it gets better. It yeah, gets better it's inside, better. you know. So, but I got friends on all sides of the aisle, so everywhere. I got to stay. Everywhere, everywhere baby, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, I,
3: I got to ask you this as well. Killer bees, do they have a place in the WWE Hall of Fame?
4: I'm hoping 2020 is our year. We're in Tampa, my whole, yeah. my hometown, where I've been the county commissioner at large, which is uh, running for uh, county commissioner at large in yeah. Hillsborough County, where Tampa is. Uh, there's three municipalities there, Tampa, Temple Terrace, and uh, Plant City. It's 1,078.2 square miles wow. with 1.35 million people, which is more than 10 other states. Wow. So it's a, it's a lot to campaign and a lot of uh, stuff to learn, but I spent six years in politics. Wow. Uh, loved it. Um, I was able to help the community a lot. It's audited that uh, ideas that I came up with. you got to convince three other people of your ideas on a seven-man board, right. but uh, the ideas that uh, I threw forward wound up audited, saving the county over a billion dollars in a four-year four period. Amazing. That was amazing. A billion dollars, and we only have a six-billion-dollar budget a year. Right. So hopefully this year's the year you guys get in. Yeah. This is, my, this is what I'm hoping, so if uh, fans out there, please write to WWE and... Uh, Tell them that the killer bees belong in the Hall of Fame because we do. I got more scars than you could shake a stick nice. at. I oh, got look at that. scars right here where Irk the red cow. stabbed me. I got oh, my. dislocations. Wow. I've got, <laughs> That's yeah, quite a thump. Holy God. I just had a back operation. I've got, wow. uh, uh, I don't know, I had 100 staples in my back. I've got uh, my uh, uh, five disc fused, new right knee. Uh, left quad torn off, four concussions, squirted blood on Donald Trump in Wrestlemania 4, on his wife, uh, Ivana, in <laughs> that's, Wrestlemania that's 4. That's a great memory there. Oh yeah, he actually uh, got a handkerchief and took me to the back because everybody was watching the matches and they just <laughs> left me there bleeding, you know, they didn't know I mean, probably that I was bleeding so bad. And uh, Mr. Trump got up and Put the uh, handkerchief on. uh, Marla Maples? Maples? Uh, Pardon me? Was it Marla Maples? I think. I I can't remember. You know, I was dizzy. It was a beautiful lady. I I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even know who he was. was Just some rich guy. We're we're wrestling at his uh, place in Atlantic City, so I didn't even know who he was. And he walks me all the way to uh, uh, to the uh, rampway and waits on the ambulance with me, just holding the thing there. And he missed the whole main event. Wow, I did not know that. That's, That's a true story. Interesting side note, big time backstory That's right there. That's a true story. B. Right Brian Blair. And, and Brian,
3: we want to say thank you for taking the time for us. And uh, we hope WWE Hall of Fame Orange Blossom Special right here at 80's Wrestling Con. 80's Wrestling Con continuing here in Freehold, New Jersey. I Play America, with of course the legendary jumped in Jim Bronzell right here in Freehold. And uh, Jim, got to ask you right out of the gate, this event, second one ever, how special is this? Well,
5: it's very special. You know, uh, Brian and I have been out of wrestling now 30 years, and it's a, a great uh, event to come and see our old buddies, our old coworkers, and at the same time see so many fans uh, that put uh, you know butter on our bread. You know, for so <laughs> many years, and also it's a special treat for me to come to Freehold because it's Bruce's hometown. That's you know, right, yeah. so the I, boss. I yes. Uh, So, special that way, but, you know, it's always good to come out, and, uh, you know, the wrestling product has changed quite a bit in the last, oh, you know, 20 years, and uh, it's just not the same, but uh, the the fans are still real... You know, gun-ho, so Ooh,
3: that's yeah. all that counts. Right, that's all it does. And, and Jim, obviously, today we got the Killer Bees yes. merchandise out, of course, with Brian Blair and things like that. Oh, a special book as well. Yes, nice cool book, Yes,
5: Dead Dead Land, Green, Land. By yeah. jumping
3: Jim Bronzel. Nice book you can get.
5: Uh, for, where, where can we get the book? Uh, you can get it online at a company called Blurb,
3: B-L-U-R-B. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, fans will see that for sure. And I wanted to ask you in particular, the AWA, uh, without the AWA, history certainly would not have been the same. Vern Gagne, the legend, right. and going through the training camps.
5: Well, Go back to that. And you, If you look at the training camp that I was in in 1972, it was Ken Patera, who did wow. extremely well, Kazro Vaziri, who was the Iron Cheek, who did yep. very well, uh, Rick, the Nature Boy Flair, who did extremely well, <laughs> Greg Gagne, my partner, Myself and Bob Bruggers, who was a great football player, and wound up getting in a plane accident in Charlotte, and um, broke his back and never wrestled again. But we had a great group. It was hard. Uh, AWA, I, where I broke in, was uh, just loaded with some of the best talent. And you know, before New York, there was 26 different territories you could wrestle in. Now there's only two. You know, and, along with the independents. So. Uh, you know, things have progressed, like I said before. Uh, probably the best thing now that is happening in pro wrestling is the fellows are making some really right. decent
3: living, so right. that's great. Boy, and Jim, those camps, what was the hardest thing you had to do? We well, hear the stories. You hear about them run up the stairs, things yeah. like that. I mean, well, what was thing? The hardest thing was when Billy Robinson used to come in stretches. and stretch us. And
5: Billy Robinson was a British heavyweight champion, yeah. and he— he knew all his submission holds, and you know he just—he was uh, a little bit of a sadist. So, and he—and he had fun with us at our expense.
3: <laughs> and uh, Jim, also real quickly, here at '80s Wrestling Con, Freehold, New Jersey, home of the boss. Yeah. is a uh, talk about Vern Gagne. Vern, such an icon and legend in this industry. Well, he
5: was. He was a great amateur wrestler. You know, was a four-time Big Ten champion, a couple times national champion. Uh, uh, was an alternate on the wrestling uh, Olympics, and he was a a, a, a heck of a a torchbearer for pro wrestling for for 30 years. He trained a lot of guys, uh, set an excellent example in the ring for what he wanted to show his professional wrestling, and that was the athleticism and uh, background and athletic ability of the guys.
3: Last quick question, of course, the killer bees. Yes. What perhaps you're best known for in your career, you and Brian Blair, B. Brian Blair, and the buzz with the, the wings right. and stuff. How did this come about, and how special was that run for you guys? Well, you know, when you go to New
5: York after coming, he came from Florida, I came from uh, Minnesota. Uh, it was a great opportunity. There were 60 guys in the territory at that time, and there was three towns they ran every night. And the killer bees were just part of, uh, you know, uh, an effort trying to uh, do what Vince McMahon did was, and it, and really the reality of the WWE or the WWF was that Hulk Hogan was the golden goose. Without him, it couldn't have happened. So. Uh, we owe a lot to him, and, and we just sort of filled in when we needed to, and uh, there was a lot of talent there. It was a great opportunity, great experience, great exposure, and, and it was just, uh, the, I guess you'd say, the end of a, a great career for me.
3: Right, and, hey Jim, this is the final question for sure, is tag team wrestling is so different. We talked to Demolition earlier today. Uh, we talked to some others that were in tag teams today. What needs to change with it? will it ever be the same again? That was such a fever pitch time for wrestling, but also tag teams. Well, tag team
5: wrestling tells a story, and then uh, the bad guys or the heels take advantage. Uh, but the only problem is now nobody's nobody will uh, succumb to a weakness everybody's just is tough so everybody's a heel so you don't get any sympathy with the crowd so you can't build that that big crescendo in the match when there's a hot tag it it doesn't happen so that's that's the problem and I, I don't think there's that much emphasis on tag team wrestling now so
3: and hopefully there will be a change in the future. Okay. Jump in, Jim Bronzell. Look at that get his book right here. Thank Check you. out that website. Jim, thank you so much. It's a pleasure meeting you. Thank Jim Bronzell here at Eddie's Wrestling Con.
1: Thank you, Justin, for joining me for your final Winkley of 2019. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and thank you very much to Andy Malnowski and the Killer Bees for joining us here today as well. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, next week, we got three big shows. They're going to be the best of Winkley 2019. I'm going to sit down this afternoon. I'm going to pick my 12 favorite interviews from 2019 and i'm going to put them together for next week for a day uh, with some narration from me intertwined in and i'm really looking forward to releasing that next week for all of you uh and if you like this show you like all our shows you like the review shows go to the wrestling nick audio channel on itunes uh give us a nice five-star rating a subscription uh, or a comment always appreciated and you can subscribe to subscriptions are appreciated as well of course uh justin uh, what do you want to plug promote put over here before we wrap up the show today?
2: same as always give me a follow on social media uh it's been a fun year thank you nick everybody have a good holiday be safe and uh be back at you in the uh, 2020
1: yes guys everybody be safe uh, take care of yourself enjoy the holidays whatever it is you celebrate take it in enjoy the season and remember if you winked you didn't miss it